Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. Brave Worship Podcast, Episode 4, otherwise known as Chips and Guacamole. Chrissy Nordoff. Welcome, Welcome to Brave, to Brave Worship. Worship. Today we will be eating chips and guacamole during our podcast and talking about advice for songwriters. So one of the things we're doing now that our website is live, braveworship.com, is when you sign up for our email list, we are going to be giving away um, free song downloads and chord charts on a pretty regular basis. So I'm excited about that. And there's a great song that we're giving away this week. This week, we're going to be giving away a song called Back to Life. It's a great song um, that talks about a lot of specific things. We actually mentioned it in our last podcast. So mm. listen to the end. And if you love it, you can go and um, download it and download the chart from our website for free. For free. Everyone. I for free. It. Braveworship.com. Anyways, we're excited about that. I love giving away free stuff. I do, too. It's Feels- a great song, too. I think it's good for... Um, just worship in general. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it a, like a special. I would consider it like you know. Last week we talked about how mm-hmm. how I choose songs for worship, and I think it's a great song for the church. So, yeah, um, that song was really birthed out of um, a a situation we went through with our daughter last year, and I'll just share briefly. Yeah, what happened? So she was dealing with a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of anxiety. I mean, she went from going to school every day, happy-go-lucky, our most social child to almost completely shut down. And it was a really scary time. Um, But during that time, um, you know, uh, she experienced the Lord's power in bigger ways than she ever had. She's seven now. Um, But then out of that time, I remember one morning she was getting ready to go to school and we had just gotten her back in school and we were having to take her go to lunch, pick her up, like just really walk her through the season. And one of the days they were going to have a fun run at school. And I told her I was going to go, but she was completely panicking that I wasn't going to show up, that I wasn't going to be there, that I wouldn't be there right when she got out, like all these little, you know, crazy fears. And so that morning I said to her, and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit, I want you to breathe out all your fear. So she did. And I said, all right, breathe in, trust, and breathe out, trusting in mommy, and breathe in, trusting in Jesus, and breathe out, um, you know, we went through this whole line of things. I just kept throwing things out for her, and she calmed down and went to school, got on the bus, which was a big deal, and, um, and it helped her. And so 
I actually flew out to Colorado right after that to be with um, the All About Worship crew. We are doing a songwriting um, convention, not convention, retreat, retreat, <laughs> retreat, <laughs> songwriting retreat. And, um, and we got out there. And of course, I was so worried about her leaving her for five days. We got out there and it was totally dark when we arrived. When we woke up the next morning and walked out on the little deck and it was just beautiful scene. I mean, mountains and fresh air. And and then I heard the Lord say to me, all right, Chrissy, I want you to breathe out your fear. And I was like, wait a minute, this is for me? So I did. I went through the same exercise and I was in tears by the time we started that morning and knew that was going to come out. So anyways, there's more to it than that. But um, it was written with James Galbraith and Michael Farron that morning. And so uh, I really think we did uh, courageously list some things that people deal with on a regular basis, like anxiety, resentment, depression. We say those things in that song. I think, um, you know, we were a little more bold than the typical worship song. But um, at the same time, we've had a lot of feedback. People came up the first week we did it at church. I think four people said, I'm dealing with depression. I need that song. So hopefully it blesses you guys. And I think, I think the church honestly is hungry for that, you know, mm. and ready for that kind of honesty. Yeah. And I've only seen it really that honest in a few other songs and they've mm. always been so greatly received. Hmm. So I think that's a really cool thing. And then you get to the chorus and, um, you know, it's just straight praise. It's not, yeah. you're not still dwelling on those things, but you're, mm-hmm. you've already surrendered them over, you know? So it's Psalms really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Read the Psalms if you want to hear raw. <laughs> right. And it's just a great song. So I'm excited for you guys to be able to get your hands on it and obviously let us know um, how your church likes it. Absolutely. Well, should we share the news with everyone of the week? What's the news of the week? It's in your stomach. Oh, yes. So we are having a boy. <laughs> She's having a boy. Boy number four. Boy number four. Hashtag boy mom. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. we're excited about that. Now she can think about names and colors and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. You can submit your ideas. Yes, please give <laughs> us your ideas. Yeah. She needs ideas. She's on her fourth boy, so she definitely needs some ideas yep. for names. We've got Asher, Emerson, and Jonas so far mm-hmm. are our older three, so... If you have a cute name that doesn't begin with any of those letters, that's the criteria. <laughs> we would love to hear it. So feel free to email us. Send it on over. Yep. Info at braveworship.com. Yep. Yeah. So it's been um it's been a a busy week this week, but it's been a really beautiful week and we had a good Mother's Day yesterday and we hope you all did too. All of you that are moms out there. Um we actually had another song released this week, which was unexpected. It was written last Thursday, but it's called Still She Walks Bravely, and it was inspired by our first podcast. Mm -hmm. That was a line, uh, listening back, that we had spoken about Darlene, and um, so check that out. That's a gift to you as well, and that will be on our website. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to talk about our topic today. You are? I am. Okay, me too. I have so many questions for you. Really? (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, it should be fun. Today we're talking about songwriting advice, and 
You know, I've been writing in town for about 20 years. Um, and I think a lot of that time in the beginning was by myself because uh, obviously we I had babies pretty young. So, I mean, real young. So anyways, um, we I had a lot of time at home by myself when they went to bed sometimes or naps. And that's when I did my writing. I didn't really have time to co-write. Um, but over the years, honestly, I've gotten to see the benefits of co-writing that I didn't really see at first. Um, so I noticed the Bible says, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one because if one falls down, the other can pick them up. And really, I think that's the case with co-writing in so many ways. And also Jesus sent his disciples out in twos. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's something we can learn and benefit from, um, from each other and I think having a second perspective makes things better. I mean, it's like marriage, same thing, really. I mean, having a second perspective really helps in some ways. Yeah, well, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago how it's so awesome to get just two different perspectives, mm -hmm. you know, two different backgrounds. Sometimes it's male and female, like we talked about on stage. I love to have that represented yeah. in a leadership spot. But sometimes it's just people from two different experiences. Yeah, brought to the table. And I think that's important in worship. But obviously, it's really cool as well in writing, because mm -hmm. you're gonna, you're gonna be bringing so much more, you know, double the life experience, you know, double the spiritual walks. To yeah, the, exactly. To the table. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, just different uh, strengths. And that's really huge. I mean, you can't be focused and gifted not well you can be some people are but i'm just saying it's it's rare to be gifted in all areas of songwriting i mean usually you have a specialty usually it's either the melody or the lyric and you always want to write with people um that have an opposite strength than you um because that way you're kind of you're working together and bringing your best both of you and it usually creates the best song so all right well here we go um, I have about 15 things I think we'll go through and, and feel free to comment, Mary Beth. Yeah. Um, be gracefully true to yourself. Deliver your feelings, but do it in a kind and generous way. So I've been in writing situations before where I just felt really beat up at the end because um, the opinions were not delivered in a kind and generous way. And I think the way that you word things to your co-writers um, will literally affect your relationship with them, not just that one song. Mm. So if you are trying to build songwriting relationships with, with other people, and honestly, it's better to work with people that you're in a great relationship with um, long-term, and you find kind of your groove, and you guys can just keep going in that groove. Um, so you don't want to burn any bridges. So the way to do that um, is by being honest, because that's important too, but also doing it in a generous and kind way. And I'll just add to some of you guys listening, you don't have access to a ton of songwriters, mm -hmm. you know, in Nashville, there are a lot of people that you can kind of network with, you know, we True. have ways to do that. If you're looking for co-writing, we have ways to help hook you up with other people that want to co-write. Um, but in other places, you might feel like maybe you're, you think you're the only one that's writing. Um, but I think if you just start to ask around, sometimes mm -hmm. people that would shock you write you know, yeah. or somebody that's a great, um, maybe they write great articles 
or they're just a wordsmith or they're a, a poetry buff, you know, like there's all kinds of people I feel like you could bring into a situation and maybe it'll take some getting used to, mm-hmm. but I just, I want somebody who's listening who thinks, well, I'm the only one that writes to just branch out. And haven't you done some writing uh, long distance as well? Yeah. So Skype is always an option or FaceTime. We've done that many times. Um, one of my favorite co-writes is Michael Neal and he's in Texas now. So the way that he and I usually are working is either on email, which we've emailed back and forth a lot, or um, or we'll get on Google Docs. So if you've not used Google Docs for co-writing before, it's awesome um, because it gives you like real-time thoughts of the other person right when it's happening. So he'll just text, hey, get on Google Doc, so-and-so, and we'll, we'll just type stuff on there and we can read what each other's typing. So that's huge. Um, while we're on the topic, I'm going to mention a couple things. Another tool I use is rhymebrain.com. And once you open that up, there's tools on the left-hand side. You click on tools and there's actually a songwriter tool. And I use that all the time, finding rhymes. The other thing I use in every co-write is thesaurus.com. So those are some great resources for you, free, great resources to use in your writing times with yourself or with others. Um, And just along the lines of what you were saying, Mary Beth, too, people may surprise you that you end up writing with. Like, uh, we never thought our pastor would be contributing to our songs, but he came in and out and he'd give us the, you know, theological perspective even and give us ideas for where to go with the third verse things like that. So you're absolutely right about, you know, when you're looking for co-writers, keep your eyes open. It may surprise you. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's got that person in their church too, you know, that knows every song that's out there, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe they're not even a musician. Sometimes there's somebody that you'd think of as that, but they just love, love music. And some of those people too, I think that come to mind would be great to have in the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, as far as co-writing itself, it can be with one other person. I've written with four other people. So there are a total of five of us in a room. And it gets harder, I think, when you have larger numbers. But two or three is kind of a sweet spot. So, mm-hmm. And if in, you may end up preferring one or the other. You may end up preferring three over two even. So keep that in mind. <clears throat> okay, our next one is, uh, and this is for women specifically, Be confident in your emotional, nurturing, comforting, sensitive voice because it's the Holy Spirit heart of the Godhead that he has woven into the daughters of Eve. Um, You might want to say that again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Be confident in your emotional, nurturing, comforting, sensitive voice because it's the Holy Spirit heart of the Godhead that he has woven into the daughters of Eve. Um. This really came up for me after Michael and I had a conversation. Michael Farron and I had a conversation about, um, you know, he had asked me, what is going on in the heads of women in co-writes? Because a lot of times I'll get in the room with these women. I know they have a lot to say. Um, and then it, and it seems like I just feel them shutting down. And over and over, he sees this shutdown. And I basically said to him, here's what I think is happening Women, a lot of times, are verbal processors, so we'll start throwing out ideas and things, and then men, a lot of times, are internal processors. 
So they, they are thinking internally and not responding. So when the woman sees the male, um, not responding to what she's throwing out there, she starts to shut down because she feels like he doesn't like what I'm throwing out there. I'm a horrible songwriter. Why am I in the room? What am I doing here? I don't belong here. Like those kind of thoughts start going through the head of a woman. Whereas the head of a male is probably thinking, how can I fit that, what she's saying into what I'm feeling? Or they're thinking I'm ready to eat lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it happen. And I love you boys. You know, you know, I love you. But it's just funny. Like they're totally not thinking about what we think they are. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'm thinking about lunch. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Today, I am thinking about chips and guacamole. And it's right here in front of me. And I'm totally not eating it right now. Good job. (laughs) So you guys don't have to hear my crunching. Okay. So here's just a little piece of advice. Pray before you go into a co-write that you will not emotionally shut down because of what someone says or doesn't say. We tend to want affirmation from others, but we hear accusation, and that's what shuts us down. So that's exactly what I was just talking about. Um, you know, this I think this can apply to worship leading as yeah, well. Do you? A, I was thinking the exact same thing because it's so true. I think that when you plug in and you're, you're working with a team, um, it can be scary to give feedback to another player, especially if, say, you are the keyboard player and you want to give feedback to the electric guitar player's tone, you know, or to the drummer or whatever. And I think um, the best teams that I have seen that have gotten to work the best together, but also have the best sound are the ones that get over that to the point where they can kind of give suggestions to each other in a loving way, but that people learn to receive them because of the mutual respect in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, guess what? That guitar player's tone just got better week after week Mm -hmm. as we all talk together, we tweak it and we get it to a place that's really nice. It's going to be amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen bands go from people who are just everybody's over playing. They're all playing on their instrument as much as they possibly can play. They're all over the place to, you know, the keyboard player kind of sitting on their left hand and really just keep staying in the right, you know, in the right hand, staying in the treble clef and staying in that kind of zone. And then, you know, the other player staying in the different, uh, tonality, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of spreading it out so that all of a sudden it sounds like it's supposed to go together and that everyone has their part, but no one's overplaying. And, you know, so it's, it's the exact same thing. It's learning mm-hmm. to um, accept that kind of uh, critique, criticism, or just, uh, I don't really like that, you know, and be being able to move on. That's so key. And it's tough. It's tough for, um, you know, really tough for vocalists, but tougher for all musicians. So, yeah. And I think if we're careful how we word things, but then at the same time, we are open to receiving things. Mm-hmm. It just makes us better. Yeah. And I think you've got to walk into the writing room, the rehearsal space mm-hmm. with uh, the humility to be able to say, hey, guys, um, sometimes you got to be the first one to say it, you know, but to say, hey, guys, I want you to be honest with me. I'm going to bring ideas and I promise to not um, do my best to not be offended by something mm-hmm. that you don't like, you know. And, you know, something I've learned even just recently, and I even am saying it, walking into writing situations now with artists especially, or producers, um, I walk in and say, you know, here's a few thoughts or whatever. I'll tell them what I think, and I'll say, 
If you don't like it, you have the freedom to tell me because I'll have more ideas after this. And that's me telling myself, you know, I know it's what's in me is coming from God. I'm not having to make this stuff up. Um, But at the same time, giving them freedom to say, I don't like that and know that I'll be okay. Well, and have have there been times when maybe somebody didn't like an idea, but later you took it and used it and it was really meant for a different song? Absolutely. So many times. I mean, or even I write a song and it's not what I thought it would be. And so later I'll take that one phrase I brought in and maybe do something different with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've used it. I just thought even yesterday, I thought, oh, that song I wrote like 10 years ago, there's a piece of that in this song. And for some reason, going through the process of writing that first time around prepared me for what I needed for now. That's cool. Yeah, I don't feel like anything is lost. I feel like you always learn something from every co-write. So, okay, here's the next thing. And this is one of my favorites. If you're not who you really are in a co-write, you will never write the songs God intended for you to write. Hmm. That's good. So, and I think that's so true. So if you don't have the ability to speak up and say what we were just talking about, I really don't like that, or, you know, say it in a kind way, I'm not sure about this line right here. I'm unsettled about this chorus. It doesn't feel right to me. You know, something, say it then, because... When you're in the right, that's your opportunity. It's much harder to go back later. Um, And I think for a long time, I was too reserved to say how I was really feeling and later wished I really had. And But what I learned was, if I am who I really am, how I really feel in the co-write, the songs are much better, you know, in my opinion. I, I, I don't feel that unsettled feeling after I finish that I had more to give and I didn't give it. Um. So, and I think it works both ways. I think they will appreciate your honesty as well and will also feel like if they're able to give and receive during that right, that they'll feel stronger about the song. And um, it just is. It's the way, you know, we have to listen to that little voice inside of us during that process because it is the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Um, So, same with, with leading, I'm sure. If you can be yourself and be what God created you to be while you're leading, it's going to be a completely different set list than if you're not, than if you're holding something back. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that, you know, that takes some practice, just getting comfortable in your skin. Yeah. But the sooner you do it and rip the Band-Aid off, you know, the mm-hmm. farther you can get, I think. Yes. And this, this one you touched on earlier, Mary Beth, but having a male and female voice in the same song gives us a clearer picture of God's view. <laughs> I love that. So that's similar to what we talked about last time on the podcast, how you like to have a male and female up both leading in any given set list because of that fact. Um, it gives someone, you know, in the audience, it gives you someone to um, use as a model or an example of how you can worship. And, um, I really believe that if we have male and female voice, both in a song, um, and like you said, sometimes it's not that, but it's a combination of two people. Um, it just, it gives us a better view 
It gives us a better view from God's perspective because he made us all so different. And we all carry a piece of who he is. So the more pieces of him, you know, perspectives of him, um, I think the more clearer we can see him. I like that. That's good. Okay, understand that others may process information differently than you and neither way is wrong. Ask before a co-write begins and become a student of understanding processing so that you make the best use of your time and their time. And I want to add to that, just because someone processes writing really quickly doesn't does not negate the fact there there are some great writers that take a long time to process. That makes sense. So there are some writers that I write with only over email, and it takes us months sometimes, but they're some of my favorite co-writes. So faster is not always better. Um, co-writing should be fun. Make sure you laugh, everyone. If the right feels stuck, change something. Go to the break. Get it. Go take a break. Get a snack. Move to a different section of the song. Um, and one of my favorite things Tony Wood ever told me was, a lot of times there's a line in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, it shouldn't be this intense thing you have to work for for hours upon hours. And I used to think every co-write had to be that way. But what I've come to find out is when you really gel with someone, it's it's super easy. It's not super easy, but it's more easy than what I thought it used to be um, and can really be fun. Well, and that makes it sound, I think, so much more manageable than like for me to think about getting in this very, very serious spiritual space for hours in a day. It just takes a lot of energy. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There are times we need to do that. But if you're writing full time and you're doing that five days a week and there's mm-hmm. not that humor break, I feel like that God wants us to have, there's not that lightness. Yes. Then it, it'd be really tough. So I'm glad. Yeah. You did. I mean, I've started throwing chocolate at people. That's what I heard you say. Yeah. Especially when they don't like my idea. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Never write with Christy Nordoff. <laughs> unless you like chocolate. Yeah, that's right. Well, I do always carry those honey mints from Trader Joe's in my bag. Um, Okay, so don't feel like the creativity comes from or depends on you. That's too much pressure. All creativity comes from the creator, and your job is to listen. So I think, you know, when I first started writing and even co-writing, I just had this feeling that, oh my gosh, I have to come up with something fresh, something new, and all that. And and really, we don't. We just need to listen to what God's telling us. And the, the more we spend time with Him, the easier it is to hear Him. And that translates into the writing room. So do your work uh, with the Lord before you even get there. Persistence is the difference. The people that have long-standing careers in the songwriting world are the people that were told no thousands of times and didn't give up. Uh, And this is something that Michael Farron told me recently and I believe is amazing and true. Songwriting is the only profession where a 90% failure rate is considered great success. Um, So really... So be encouraged, everyone. (laughs) Be encouraged. (laughs) Yes. No, I mean, really, that's, that's something to remember. Um... 
as you're moving forward. So I think we talked about that a little before. Relationship always trumps songs. No song is worth fighting over. You will always write more songs, but you might not always be able to repair a relationship. That's so good. So relationship first. And that goes for worship leading as well. I love that. And I think that goes back to just that persistence piece too. Like if you want to be writing mm-hmm. and you want to be leading in your church and you want to be, you know, just kind of, I don't know, standing for Christ in a ministry role, mm-hmm. like you have to put the relationships first because otherwise people, uh, they won't trust you. They won't give you that next assignment. They won't be looking for that next song if, it's, if you're difficult to deal with. So I think that's huge. Be generous with percentages. Assume you're splitting evenly no matter what you bring in. So if you bring in a chorus, just assume you're going to split things evenly as far as the royalty percentages. Always cheer on your fellow songwriters. Be quick to congratulate and celebrate them. Jealousy is the thief of joy, as the Bible says. So crush competitive spirits with a compliment. So, um... This is something we've started doing even at Girls Right Out. In the very beginning, we have everyone share any releases or cuts or albums, you know, so that we can all cheer each other on. I think it's really important, and it will always bless you back. So, again, that's putting that relationship first and um, keeping that priority. Oh, my goodness. And that's a good one for worship as well. When you're not on the stage for a weekend and -hmm. somebody else gets up and they lead a song and you know it took a lot of guts from them, even if that's your song and the song that you love to lead or you would love to be asked to lead and you haven't been asked to lead, um, I think it's huge for you. And it shows humility. But honestly, some of the best people are the ones that are willing to pass out compliments like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it just it shows a lot of um, just maturity as mm-hmm. well. So translates, make sure you guys are doing that. Um, same thing with your, you know, with your lead pastor and the other people around you just being willing to say, Hey, here's what you did. That was awesome there, you know, or congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Yes. Okay. Never put yourself in a compromising position, create a code word and share it with those close to you in case you ever get in a situation that you need to be rescued. Call, call. <laughs> Not that. You can't really text that. I guess you can, but um <laughs> no, I have a secret word that I was I was sent out on assignment to some strange person's house, producer in town, a guy, never been there before. And on the way there I just had this little panic attack and so called my publisher, had a conversation, we created a code word because um he then knows, and so does Eric, that if I text either one of them that word they are on their way to come get me somewhere. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think we'll talk about this more, but modesty is really important. The way you walk in a room says a lot. And especially when you are in a professional co-writing situation, you don't always get to choose what your co-writes are. And sometimes you are one-on-one with a male that you don't know. Um, and you just have to be careful. And we'll talk, we'll probably have a whole podcast on that mm-hmm. pretty soon. That's good. Um, But that's important. Okay, so realize that the Christian music industry is subjective. Don't let it dictate your dreams or your decisions more than the voice of God. Work with people that see your greatness. That was a quote that I saw online and I loved. Um, 
there's a lot of people in our lives, but the ones that see the greatness in you um, are the ones that are a joy to work with. Well, and honestly, the the Christian music industry will always change. It will always evolve. Yes. Um, but God is not going to change. <laughs> you know, he's the same yeah. yesterday, today, forever. And um, I think that's so true. If you're plugging into him, if you're getting creativity from him, if you're worshiping him through writing, through songs, um, he's going to bring that. He's going to bring it. He's going to give you the avenue to use it, whether that's in your own living room or in church or mm-hmm. or through the industry, because I believe he works through that too. Yes. You know? Could be any way. So be encouraged that if the Lord's called you to something, keep going. Um, this one is huge. And on the heels of Mother's Day, it's, it's a good one to have here. Becoming a mom doesn't mean giving up on your dreams. You are simply now a role model for how to follow them. And, you know, that was spoken over me when I had two little boys in the pediatrician's office, tired, so tired. They were sick all the time when they were little. And I remember, and he, our doctor, only in Nashville, was also a songwriter. And I said to him, I think I can't do this music thing anymore. Um, I'm getting so tired and And that's what he said to me. He said, if you'll follow your dreams, then they can learn how to follow theirs. So don't give up. That was huge for me. And I believe, you know, that translates into worship leading as well. I think that's so true. And, you know, earlier you were saying when the boys were little, it was so hard for you to to schedule co-writes and that kind of thing. And we have to do stuff that's going to fit into our world to a degree. But I also have seen you make time for that. You know, mm-hmm. be like really creative about that. I've seen you, um, you know, hire a babysitter so that you could teach lessons or write or whatever you needed to do. Um, uh, trade services sometimes, you know, yes. trade with another songwriter to watch each other's kids, like just getting creative. I, you know, I have never stopped leading worship even through having babies, through pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does not make it easy. My kids have, you know, been in the the baby carrier seat next to a stage floor monitor <laughs> a lot of their <laughs> life, you know. Um, but they they get exposed to worship. They get exposed mm-hmm. to music, to songwriting. They understand that there's something that's important to you that you pour your heart into. That's your gifting, you know. So I think it's absolutely essential that you don't give up on that and that you find a creative way to make it work. Yeah. There was a lady that I met with once. I met her online. I was looking for women's ministries to partner with and maybe lead worship for. And um, I I don't even remember who this lady is. I just remember sitting down for lunch with her. We never ended up doing anything together. But um, but she said to me, and it was huge, you're going to have seasons past the season of littles that you're going to still be effective in ministry. And she just spoke that over me, and it really broke something off of me. Um, So I just want to encourage moms that have littles right now. I mean, it is challenging, and yes, you can find ways to make it happen. But but it's okay to let them, just let them be your first focus right now and continue doing this stuff. But, you know, the Lord will bring it back around. It's not over, you know, if you stop for a while, even if it's in your heart. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay, guys. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed that little tidbit on songwriting advice this week. (laughs) And someone, please go pick up Mary Beth. She's having a problem. (laughs) (laughs) She needs help immediately. And um, 
maybe if I feed her some chips and guacamole, she'll settle down over there. That might help. Let's try that. Um, But don't forget to go on to braveworship.com because you'll be able to download the free song of the week this week, which is Back to Life. Yes. And also get the chord chart. And then also remember um, our little Mom's Day gift to you is there. Um, which is our new song called Still She Walks Bravely, inspired by Darlene on our first podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we just want to remind you this week. Be brave, be strong, and don't give up. That's right. Don't give up, guys. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. I hope everybody has a password-free week. (laughs) See you guys.
The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.